Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway podcast. Um, I don't, we don't want to start this po- this podcast by moaning, but it, we've been working from home this week because of the rail strike. So, uh, us like you, maybe if you're working from home, at the mercy of the ups and downs of Wi-Fi. Isn't it weird that um, Wi-Fi speeds and having Wi-Fi, getting a code which has got too many different types of characters in it from a cafe just to be able to send an email, is still a thing in 2023. Do you know what I mean? still quite a mystery, isn't it? You have to type in to go on a weird website to find out the speed of your Wi-Fi. Like, you're getting some kind of engine pressure measurement from a, a submarine during the Second World War. What's all that about? <laughs> I went out for a coffee this morning on my uh, uh, my little my little morning of three hours of, of silence and peace and quiet. And I sat down and then looked at my phone. And up in the top corner, uh, where there'd normally be the bars of reception telling you how much you got, it just said that letter E that suggests there's barely anything and you're really lucky to get anything. And then you're looking around because you're in a cafe thinking, oh, well, surely there must be some chalkboard somewhere around here with a a strange Wi-Fi code that I could put in. Nothing. It was like being back in prehistoric times. I mean, if you've got a cafe, at least make some kind of slightly humorous word out of the password and using numbers. Maybe latte (laughs) with, you know, sevens for teas. I can't stand people who just got a jumble of letters. It's an absolutely wasted opportunity. Do you know what I mean? And can you have, um, for the A, you could have an at sign as well. Yeah, I mean, the possibilities are endless. If, you, if you're not getting involved with that and you are in the catering industry, you're missing a huge opportunity. Although having said that, that's how hackers work, isn't it? Because in, in 10 seconds there, we have just spitballed a password <laughs> for a cafe of L at sign, two sevens and an E, and we're in. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Thank you to everybody who got in touch yesterday trying to help out with what I should do on my quiet morning this morning, the first morning with nobody at home for about two weeks. <laughs> was it an adult channel and a nice hot bath, wasn't it? <laughs> That's what most people were getting in touch with. Um, but I ended up with a late breakfast and then I Ooh. took myself for a long walk, Bush. I just wanted a bit of fresh air. You know what, you know what it's like for you and me at the moment, closeted away at home doing the show from home with no trains to travel on so I thought right well, let's, let's go for a walk so you know what your, 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 your photo of you with all the time in the world in your kitchen with a nice latte and a bowl of fruit was quite triggering for me because I was <laughs> pushing my 11 month old around who wouldn't go to sleep <laughs> uh, but I then did I did did go for a walk as well, like like you were doing, but without a child trying to get it to sleep. And uh, I walked past something that caught my eye. Got to share it with you. Um, I couldn't tell you what is inside this place, but there were some big gates at the entry to some random compound on my walk. Double gates that would kind of fit two cars through. On the left-hand gate big sign that said private property. I've got no problem with that. That's fine. Private property, all right, it's yours. But on the right-hand side, another sign that just said keep out. Now, at the moment I see a sign that says keep out, to me, it raises my levels of intrigue. I'm like, why? What, what's, what's in there that's going to hurt me? What's in there that you're keeping from me? Why have I got to keep out? If it's private, then that's fine, but why keep out? Hey, so those, those adverts, Richie, in the 1970s about staying out of electric pylons and everything, they were directly aimed at you then because you're that kind of person. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I feel like an electric pylon advert would then also say it would have like a supplementary sign that would say, like a, a, a lightning bolt that might say danger of death and I'd be like oh okay cool there's like electric stuff in there but this just says keep out what do you want a facility tour what are you after here <laughs> I think there are signs in life that are counterproductive that you, you see them and they have the opposite effect 
of what they want. That I'm obsessed with for exactly oh, this reason. Yes, please. Counterproductive signs. Uh, tell us any of the ones that you've seen. Someone actually has tweeted and said that would make me want to go on Google Maps and find out what they're trying to keep me away from. Yeah, it's got kind of Batman Arkham type vibes. But the picture in, in itself doesn't really help, does it? It kind of lures no. you in. Exactly. Makes you want to do a bit of trespassing. <laughs> we should have I'm trespassing. Not, <laughs> I'm not going to, just to clear it up, but I want, I want answers. Let's, next week on Home Time, let's have Trespass Tuesday. You can break into wherever you want. Just have a little look around. Totally harmless, just inquisitive. But in all seriousness, though, I was just saying earlier on, there's an entire area in Wiltshire that I'm obsessed with for exactly this reason, because it tells you you're not allowed in there. Uh, and that is a place called, and it's got mythical status if you uh, know the Wiltshire area, Salisbury Plain. So growing up in Trowbridge, spent like 12 years of my life uh, in primary school and stuff in Trowbridge. Uh, Salisbury Plain wasn't that far away. Uh, and it was it's like owned by the military. And it's like the whole area not allowed to go anywhere near, because they do like live... Um, military testing and, and practices and drills and all that kind of thing. You can always hear weird helicopters flying over above. It's like something from Stranger Things, like some kind of uh, secret facility. And, and the one bit of um, uh, Salisbury Plain that I'm the most obsessed with is a little village called Imber, which is an entire village that the Ministry of Defence bought, evicted everybody out of it, paid them off back in 1940, and then the village is totally used for military testing and drills and stuff like that, so it's completely deserted. But you're not allowed anywhere near it. Wow, a whole area of counterproductive signs that just you, you want to go inside, but like you know you just can't go anywhere. That's amazing. Uh, the thing that takes the edge off you wanting to climb in there is says live firing. So that normally puts the uh, ah. puts the willies up. People think, oh, I'll give that a wide berth. <laughs> uh, Dennis says, back in five minutes. Whenever I see that, always makes me want to time them. It's a good point. Who does that in this day and age? I always find it really bizarre. Uh, Neil Barnes has uh, uh, sent a photo of someone which I've seen before. I've always wondered about it. Anti-climb paint. Apparently that's a thing. It makes you want to climb it, see if you can do it. What even is anti-climb paint? Is that like a paint that doesn't dry so you can't ever climb on it? It's literally something out of a Bond movie. Carl has tweeted in something that... Um, it's not like somebody he makes him want to try and test it out, or maybe it does. He just hates it. He hates the sign of uh, skid. You know when you get a, a road sign of a car skidding? Yeah. And, and the, the wheel track marks cross over in like an X shape. He says, wheels don't do that. <laughs> That's a great shout. And then Richard pointing out in books generally, this page is intentionally blank. Not for much longer, I'd say. Um, I saw a sign on a walk earlier today said, private property, keep out. The keep out thing makes me want to go in. What are you hiding from me? I've taken the suggestion of going on Google Maps to see what it was. Looks like some great big sort of fish farm or trout farm. Ooh. Looks like there's loads of ponds in there. Don't know whether you're allowed to fish them or what's going on, but that's all it is. It's just fish. I did wonder why they were a little coy with what was going on in oh. there. Oh! <laughs> hey, I tell you, another Ministry of Defence place I'd love to get access to. Obviously, we've been talking about Salisbury Plain a bit earlier on over in Wiltshire. Um, I, I took the kids for a walk around Shoebury Fort, which is down the road from us here in Leon Sea, a few months ago now. And loads of people were messaging me saying there's like loads of restricted areas there because of the Ministry of Defence. I think if it's got the Ministry of Defence around it and a fence, I want to get in it. Yes. It's your taxpayers' money, Ministry of Defence, isn't it? I'm allowed to have a look around, surely. Get me a lanyard. Stop carping on about it. <laughs> oh. Uh, one more from Dave. Uh, weak bridge. This always worries me. How weak is weak? How long has it been weak? How heavy is my car? Should I wait for that bus to go across first and see what happens? So many questions. I think I saw Weak Bridge at Reading 93. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. 
If we could just get serious with you uh, at the beginning here of 2023 for a second and, and lend us your ears, please do that here on Home Time right now. Uh, let me take you back. Only a few days ago, these things were the centrepiece of a happy Christmas focal point of the lounge, surrounded by glorious gifts and dressed in the finest of finery. Uh, now you'll see them as you walk to school or, or work or whatever into town. You'll see them stripped bare and dumped on the street like a cartel hit, unceremoniously chopped in half and stuck in, stuck in recycling bins, that kind of thing. We're talking about Christmas trees. Uh, and we, we're going to use the hashtag uh, RIP Christmas tree. If you have seen a Christmas tree that's been unceremoniously dumped, despite the fact that only 48 hours ago you were sat around it in your pyjamas, you know, having a great time f- amongst your family, then we, we need to know about it because I feel like Christmas trees need to give an, uh, li- be given a little bit more care and attention and love. Do you know what I mean? For what they've done for us. They celebrate with us for an entire month. They deserve celebrating at the end of their cycle, I think it's fair to say. I think what this this bit of the show is tonight, this next hour, in many ways, is a request for honesty and information, uh, an amnesty, if you like, from Richie and I and the Home Time team, to you and to tell us what you have done, in all honesty, with your Christmas tree. It's been brilliant for you over the past couple of weeks. Everyone's had a good Christmas and eaten and drunk and been merry and all that kind of stuff, but... What happens now? What happens now that it's the 5th of January? Uh, Bush, I, I, I've got to be honest. You, you, you asked for honesty um, over this, this period of the show, and I'll hold my hands up. Uh, I've given my two Christmas trees a stay of execution today. I was due to mutilate them uh, on oh. the patio this afternoon uh, before putting them uh, in the <laughs> garden waste. But due to the weather, I didn't really fancy doing that. So they're both just outside ahead of Twelfth Night, uh, but just standing there cold and lonely. The, uh, the fate awaits them tomorrow. Isn't it? It's just a, rag, a richest to rag story in many ways. What were you going to use on them? Were you just snap them over your knee? Or were you going to saw them in half or what? I've got some uh, industrial garden loppers. It's unbelievable. It's like a bad moment from that movie Fargo. So look, be honest. Tell us. Now that it's nearly 12th night, it's the 5th of January, the festive period is over. In all honesty, what are you going to do with your Christmas tree? Cameron's is currently at the side of the house outside, awaiting pickup to be destroyed by the council. He paid £5 for the privilege as well. Heart-wrenching. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? People just are bold as brass with it. What I find, like, galling is that it doesn't even cross people's minds. Hold on a minute. Just not that long ago, this was like another part of like a family Christmas. And now you're, like, sticking your foot in it to snap it in half, to stick it in your recycling bin. It's just... This is not occur to people. This is this is sacrilege. A month previous, they were taking pictures of said decorated tree, proudly saying, "Look how beautiful it is." And then a month later, they're just lying on the street. It's madness, and that's why we're doing this tonight. Joe though says, um, "What are you, a cop? Why do you want to know?" Uh, there you go. That's the kind of sketchy attitude we're talking about here. Not, not everyone's taking them down though. Nick Bruzon, Boulders Brass, says his tree still up. What's going on there? It's 12th night tonight. Nick's got to be down by tomorrow morning. Anne says we've thrown our old one away after 20 years. Uh, we've a new fake one on order that we've bought in the January sales. It's going to go in the loft until next year. Do you know what I've got? Well, we've got a fakey in this house and it's fantastic. Even though I always get confused as to what bit is what every time I put it out the shed, but it goes back in a little tiny suitcase back in the shed happy as Larry for next year it's great <laughs> look at you we're mourning all these real Christmas trees but you're fakey going in a suitcase that sounds proper sinister 
he has a great time in there. He looks even better every time I get out, get him out every year. He really does. <laughs> hey, now listen, our, our very own Claire Sturgis, star of Up the Eighties here on Absolute Radio, has got a unique take on what she does with her Christmas tree. She's left us a little voice note. Have a listen to this. I took my Christmas tree to our local city farm in North London. Apparently, pine needles act as a natural dewormer for goats. Who knew? Uh, and we have a thriving goat community in Kentish Town, so they were very happy to receive our tree. So much so that we were allowed to hang out with them for an hour. Lots of goat cuddles, which made me very happy. I got right in there, in their little goat shed, sat down in the hay with them. Mr Sturge, maybe not so uh, not so happy to do that, but I've just realised I'm still wearing the same sweatshirt I was wearing uh, that day, and there's still a very faint hint of farmyard about me. But anyway, yeah, if you're able to take your tree to your local farm, they will thank you for it. That's going to be the most North London thing I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> taking it to a city farm. Also, why would you want to hang out with goats? They're awful, aren't they? They're terrifying. Who, who knew that goats needed worming? I know, it's unbelievable. You learn a new thing every day on this Hometime Show. Andrew Byrne says, chop the branches off, put it in the garden waste bin, chop the trunk up, and I've kept the log burner going for a couple of nights. Outrageous. <laughs> uh, not as outrageous as the Sturge, uh, feeding goats Christmas trees or something like that. I might have, uh, <laughs> might, might have quoted her <laughs> wrong there. Uh, I think it's true that you can tell a lot about a person by what they've done with their Christmas tree now that it's nearly 12th night, 5th of January, time to take it down again, even though it's been with you for Christmas. Be honest, what have you done with it? We're calling it RIP Christmas tree. Some brilliant quick fire ones come back in into the show here. Martin says he's put it on eBay. Uh, Josephine says she's eaten hers. Okay, Josephine. Uh, Steve says launched it. I don't know what that means. And Nate's tree still up. <laughs> Surely no one's putting a tree on eBay, are they? Unless it's like potted, you can't be putting a tree on eBay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have a look. It does look like the kind of thing I would see on Facebook Marketplace, to be honest with you. So I'll have a little look. Uh, Jimmy sending a picture in of uh, of his on a grass verge, uh, its waist bursting at the seams after it ate its one time owners out of baby bio. Oh, God bless it. It's still alive. Uh, thank you for all of your honesty. Everyone who's got in touch and told us what they've done with their Christmas tree now that it's approaching Twelfth Night, and we appreciate your honesty. Just do us one favour. If those trees have been a big part of your family Christmas, just treat them with a bit of care today or tomorrow when you're putting them out with the bins, or maybe replant them. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Thursday night can mean only one thing. It's time for the Film Club. This is where someone gets in touch with a, a plea for help in terms of choosing a type of movie, and we ask you guys to come up with some great suggestions and you know what you never let us down uh, when we saw this email come in we love the idea of this uh, tessa hey bush and richie is it too late to still say happy new year glad you guys are back whatever a new year and a new month and a dark one at that so staying in watching films should mean a busy film club so why don't you guys pick a film that is related to calendars could have months in, could have days in, just has to be a film that wouldn't exist if we hadn't invented the calendar. Take care, Tessa McFarland. Fantastic, fantastic name, fantastic recommendation. Calendar films, then we're after in this hour, this final hour of home time. What about then, for me, I'm going to chuck in one of my favourite books and one of my favourite movies of all time, an amazing performance by Sean Connery as a Russian. It's, of course, The Hunt for Red October. Yes, what a film. I haven't watched that for ages. That, that, just hearing that name is enough to send me onto a streaming service to try and find it and watch it. I love that film. 
you want? I downloaded it for the. You know, I've been reading a lot of Tom Clancy stuff recently. I, I downloaded it um, to the movie for the train home just before Christmas, and it still stands up. It's absolutely brilliant, properly tense as well. So that would be my suggestion. Little curveball, little curveball on this. You'll see what I've done. Groundhog Day. Because it's, it, it's, it's oh, calendar yeah. related, but it's living the same day over and over again. We know it's a classic. You don't need to, to describe it. It's just awesome. But And I think, actually, I'm going to discount it anyway, because we've had it as a previous winner on a different film club. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to chuck in another one along those lines as well. Memento with uh, Guy Pearce, a.k.a. Mike from Neighbours. He has, he has the same day, I think, or but backwards every single day or something like that. He has to tattoo his name and what he can remember on his body so that he, he knows where he is. It's quite a weird film, actually. Maybe not one to watch this evening. <laughs> Plenty of suggestions to get you started. Lou, for example, has suggested The January Man. Are you familiar with this one, Bush? No, I've no idea what that is. What is that? Uh, 1989, this was out. Uh, it's got quite a cast. Uh, stars Kevin Kline, uh, Susan Sarandon, Harvey Keitel. So uh, quite some cast in it. Uh, one line synopsis, two years after being forced out of the NYPD, quirky cop Nick is rehired by the mayor to catch a serial killer. Oh, OK. I would say that sounds like it couldn't be any higher than 5.5 on the IMDb. <laughs> it's exactly 5.5 out of 10. I could just sense it. You could sense the score in the, the little uh, description of what's in it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we're getting a lot of suggestions in for a movie called In Time. Carl says it's about time and actually a pretty good film. Justin Timberlake is in that film. I've just Googled it. So what about that? I'm going to chuck another one in from that's got a time-type basis to it, uh, mainly because he's late and he's stressed out. Uh, what about John Cleese in Clockwise, one of my favourite films of all time? Oh, I love Clockwise. Uh, Stephanie has suggested Back to the Future for tonight's theme, which is calendar movies. Uh, says surely that fits the bill all sorts of years going on in that one I like that uh, Bush have you ever heard of uh, Alison's suggestion A Year of Living Dangerously no but it sounds interesting 1982 in that famous genre of movie romance slash war an intriguing mix of politics and romance in Peter Weir's thriller set in turbulent Indonesia in the mid 60s I dread to think what the uh, the rating of this movie is 7.1 out of 10. Oh, my word. That's probably the highest one we've had on here for weeks. Mel Gibson and Sigourney Weaver. Steph Atherton, in other news, on Twitter has said When Harry Met Sally, one of my favourite films ever. I've got the soundtrack by Harry Connick Jr. I think they kind of get together on New Year's Eve and it's about their relationship over the years. Uh, and Steve Dawson yeah. says, I saw a foreign horror movie a year or so ago called Advent Calendar. Brilliant description from Steve. He says, <laughs> a woman gets a creepy wooden advent calendar from a friend and each day there's an increasingly creepy thing happening. Sounds terrifying. <laughs> we might have a leader uh, so many of you uh, including Jack Hurst, Joe Greening and many others uh, going route one but it's a decent film Calendar Girls, we need to make a decision uh, Sorry, just this second uh, Colin has tweeted us a picture of the front cover of the, the VHS copy of 11 Days and 11 Nights and it's some proper old fashioned blue going on there, Those are the, that's the kind of movie that you get <laughs> at hotel you know like on a hotel channel <laughs> Right, anyway, so we digress. The one we're going to go for is, it's had a late uh, rush of votes for this, uh, and it's a great movie. It's all about time. You mentioned it earlier on, Richie. It's Groundhog Day. Walt says, Groundhog Day, the perfect film that sums up what it's like from January all the way through to February the 2nd. Let's go for that. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. 
Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. So there you go. Despite the ups and downs of the Wi-Fi and glitching and all that kind of stuff, uh, our penultimate day working from home is done and dusted. And we really can't wait to do it all again tomorrow. We're, we're just loathing the idea of coming back into an actual radio studio. Please get us back in.